ABC's a Greek. Oh, the ABC's a Greek. The ABC's a Greek. Hey everyone, and welcome back to the ABCs of Greek. I'm Thomas. I'm Erin. And I'm Jacqueline. And this is a podcast where we recap the ABC Family original series, Greek, episode by episode. Thank you, TCM1626, for your lovely review. Guys, keep rating and reviewing and subscribing. We really appreciate it. And we also wanted to remind you guys, you have three weeks left to send us in your stories that are Greek life related or just college related in general. So send this to us at ABCs of Greek at gmail.com. Today we're going to be talking about season one, episode 21, Barely Legal, the penultimate episode of the season. And the original air date was June 2nd, 2008. The IMDb summary for this episode is Spring Break has arrived. Cappy gets pledges to create fake IDs, bringing Rusty into some trouble. Casey goes to Evan for help with her LSAT test, and in the process, she begins to question her future. The episode is directed by Fred Gerber, written by Patrick Sean Smith, Jessica O'Toole, and Amy Rarden. Great. Okay, so the episode starts off. um, Casey's talking to Ashley and Franny about her LSAT prep class that um, Mr. Chambers suggested she take. She's saying, you know, it's really going to get her mom off her back about her future because if you remember the very tense uh, parent visit a few episodes back where the Cartwright parents just kind of pretended Casey had no drive and was like um, a black sheep (laughs) for whatever reason. (laughs) And Ashley is asking if Evan's taking the class with her because she, she suspects, you know, there's more to it. There's more to them than Casey is letting on. But Casey's like, no, he already took it. He's ahead of it. Then Ashley's talking about um, how she's so upset that she's broke because spring break is coming up and she doesn't know how she's going to pay for it. And as we know, Casey can't really go without Ashley. And that's why she had to pardon her for missing the study hours the other episode. So it's really in everybody's best interest that Ashley is at spring break. Right. And in this scene, Franny leaves the conversation. And as she's walking away, like Casey is saying that she has to go to her LSAT class and Franny goes, I'm late for my John Hughes seminar. But do you think that's just like a nod to how they keep her yeah. back to John Hughes? I didn't even catch that. I love that. Yeah. Ashley's money problems all stem from the fact that she's already spent her month's allowance. I also like how Franny, like when Casey's talking about doing the LSAT course, Franny's like, I'm so glad I like gave up the prospect of doing a higher degree. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she gave it up. <laughs> like it as if she had a choice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I would get that. I would probably be relieved too. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. I don't want to go to grad school. I would no. never, I don't think I would ever go to grad school. No. I mean, maybe if somebody's like blackmailing me, <laughs> don't get any ideas. <laughs> yeah. Maybe you should get grad degrees in podcasting. Oh my God. They do. It's called journalism school. <laughs> Oh yeah, sorry. Jacqueline went to grad school. <laughs> oh, well, you did? Yeah, but it was only a year, so it was like it was, and I did it right after college, so it really just felt like it felt like I was frannying it. It wasn't that bad. By the end, I was like, I was done. But 
it just felt like I was still like I was still in the mind so I could never go back now that would be horrible so in the KT basement, um, the brothers are figuring out how many licks it takes to get to the center of a Tootsie Pop and Rusty figures it out. I don't remember what the number is, but his tongue is like completely blue Ew. and the whole scene, his mouth is blue and yeah, somebody, one of the writers had it out for Rusty. Yeah. It's, it's, it's not like cute. Central. <laughs> I feel like to the adolescent brain, he is somehow still the hero. I find him so repulsive as an adult. Yeah, no, I remember thinking of him that way when I first watched it. And there was nothing juvenile about him. Like, yes, I was in middle school and high school, but still. I don't know what it is. Like once your frontal lobe develops, you see him for what he truly is. (laughs) Yeah, just so, so icky. Yeah. And then Happy is an, uh, announcing like a big development and they say, are we going to get initiated? And I'm thinking they're not initiated yet. <laughs> it's been almost an entire school year. Isn't that like your pledge for like two months, maybe? And then you're initiated? I don't know if it, maybe it's different at like other schools. Ours was like only a semester not even a full semester. Yeah, we were initiated the same semester that we rushed and pledged. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess it's not even exclusive to Capital because didn't they refer to Rebecca and Mandy as yeah. pledges? Mm-hmm. CRU, weird policies. Even just like if we're talking about the timing of the show, it's kind of strange. Like the season finale is the next episode and the season finale is spring break. So when they come back from their season finale after however much time has passed, they're still in the first year of like Rusty's still a freshman. And not initiated. And not initiated. So, I mean, like, hey, it works. But at the same time, it's just not how you would think a show would be like split up. It's weird that they come back after a break to the same. I don't know. Also, spring break in school is like, maybe a month before the end of school for us it was like three months before the end because we had a quarter system Uh, i like finished in like june maybe cru's on the quarter system okay okay cru's on the quarter system there we go we figured it out because for us like i think we got it done in may and i think our spring break was like middle of april Yeah. yeah Yeah, I could see them being on the quarter system. I think it is kind of almost, I think a lot of East Coast schools do the quarter system and Ohio is like almost the East Coast. Well, it would make sense because they filmed on UCLA's campus and they're on the quarter system. There you go. That's probably why they did it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they were like asking around. They're like, how does the college schedule work? Well, I'm glad we got to the bottom of that. Me too. Anyway, they're not getting initiated. <laughs> um, Cappy brings out a box that holds all of their future fake IDs. Then we find out something insane is that the Dobbler bouncer doesn't check IDs. Because he's saying like the Dobbler bouncers won't check your IDs, but the Myrtle Beach bouncer sure will. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a college is- campus bar is not checking IDs. That's dangerous. It's irresponsible well dobblers isn't affiliated with with oh, it's not no um, it's just like next it's just like the like the campus like the close to campus bar that everybody goes to are you sure i'm pretty sure i don't think Have you looked at a pamphlet from cereal you know what i haven't 
I just always assumed. I mean, I guess I could be wrong, but it's so There's never anybody who's not in college in there. Right, but I just figured like it was like the the local watering hole. Yeah, <laughs> I almost imagine there like being no bouncer there, you know? It almost just seems so divey that you could just kind of like roll in. And, right. Like, the bartenders are so busy. They're just like not even checking anything. So that was kind of crazy to learn. And then Ben Bennett gets assigned Frank Franklin. (laughs) (laughs) And Rusty is assigned Chad Stewart. That name. That that (laughs) name. Wait, so was, were these also Capitals before? Because didn't Captain say something like, so technically Chad Stewart, who is, we'll find out later, is this like singer. He was a Capital. (laughs) Well, yeah. I feel like it could either be that or like maybe some of them they found on the floor of Dobler. Like, you know what I mean? They probably yeah. just, like, acquire some as well. Because Cappy, you would think, would like have filled him in on that backstory. I think he does say that they're all capital. That they're all KTs. Yeah. Oh, there you go. But, well, I mean, well, I have a lot to say about that. Okay. But we'll get okay. there. <laughs> so now Casey's walking into her prep class and she's sitting next to a Rory Gilmore wannabe who's acting mm. like Paris Geller. Mm-hmm. That's the yeah. exact vibe. And she's just like very, being very type A, like typical, just like very stereotypical um, pre-law student. And she asked her what she got on her practice test. And Casey is like realizing right now that she is not as prepared as everybody is in the prep class because she hasn't even taken one yeah Um, she's like very surprised to hear all the steps that she has ahead it's just a very high strong environment this reminded me of like this reminded me of like theater almost like people love to do this in theater they'd always be like well like did you prep did you prepare this for the callback or like have you already met with this person like it it's a lot of that same vibe the teacher walks in and just immediately is like okay we'll just I'm gonna start the time where like we're taking a practice LSAT (laughs) which seems like a huge waste of time for a prep class also he doesn't even introduce himself I'm pretty sure he just says he's setting a timer yeah Yeah. I and doesn't she also Casey also talks to the guy behind her. Doesn't she say kind of like... Everyone in the class is freaking out. Yeah, it's giving... um, It's giving like... What was that test you took junior year of high school? The the PSAT. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. When some people studied for that, I was like, I'm simply showing up. I know. Or like we had the PSSAs, which turned into the keystones in the Pennsylvania public school system. Where it was like, okay, these don't matter. And people were so stressed. I know. We had that too. We had CSAT. And it was literally in like middle school. Like, relax. This means nothing. (laughs) We're all going to, they have to let you into the public high school. Yeah. It's like for school funding purposes. But they make it it seem like it's kind of like your future is going to be determined on that. I think that's how they picked the gifted kids. (laughs) Oh, wow. I don't know. I'm making that up. I'm just guessing. (laughs) I, I think they like, went more off of vibes in my school. <laughs> yeah, I I still don't know to this day. Like in third grade, I got pulled out of class to do like a special like reading assignment. And based on the group that I was pulled out with, I never knew if it was like advanced or if we like all were kind of behind. Like to this day, I don't know why I was like selected for that. Oh my <laughs> God, a, a great mystery. Let's contact Serial. 
if if you work at Highland Elementary and you're listening to this podcast and you were there in the early 2000s definitely uh DM us if if you were in Thomas's specific reading comprehension (laughs) in third grade if you were behind or ahead let us know abcfreak@gmail.com. Yeah, I could or, see it going either way. The KT pledges are now practicing using their fakes. Happy has set up like a fake club bar situation and he's the bouncer and he trips Rusty up by asking him his astrological sign. And he says, um, you have to study up for the in-bar test later because that will not fly. They're going to actually practice. Um, and then Beaver is straight up raving in the fake club. <laughs> love him. Sweet Beav. I love him too. He's so simple. So simple. Yeah. I need him like water. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> he thinks I you're okay. He needs me like water. <laughs> you couldn't you couldn't carry him home. <laughs> need beaver like water. Sorry, I had to include that somewhere in this in this recording. Oh my god. Oh my goodness. So anyway, now Ashley and Calvin are walking around campus um and she sees all the they're like selling Myrtle Beach gear <laughs> on campus. <laughs> Like imagine they have Puerto Vallarta gear I know. on our campus. Like, what is this? I was thinking that, like Cabo, Cabo Wabo, <laughs> Cabo Wabo. <laughs> oh God, it was so. Ashley is just lamenting. She can't get away from it, and she's like, basically, has kind of succumbed to the idea that she will not be partaking because she doesn't have any money. But then she sees a beacon the credit card booth (laughs) kind of like like a regional credit card what plus credit plus that's what it's like what day on campus was this where the myrtle beach gear booth and the credit card booth i mean i i guess it was well planned Myrtle Beach, Myrtle Beach X Credit Plus, <laughs> the collab <laughs> of the century. Oh my God. And I mean, I'll say it, what could go wrong if Ashley opens up a line of credit on her own? And she's really selling it to Calvin too. Um, but it's enticing, you know, they can both get their own cards with a thousand dollar limit. Calvin is so skeptical and it's, it's screaming scam. Mm -hmm. fully just like neon lights like scam she's saying you'll earn points we never know what the points are that she's like preying on ashley basically ashley's like points yeah cool (laughs) everybody loves a gold star and she wraps calvin up into it so they both sign Uh, up calvin kind of i'm hoping that we see him go through some sort of personal transformation in the next season because he's kind of letting people push him around and not like really coming into his own I feel yeah I think he needs Heath but he's still with Michelle right now Michelle. oh you're right he is still with Michelle Michael um, Mike as some of you call him back in Dale and Rusty's dorm um Dale asks Rusty what he's studying for because he's like deep in his computer um and he says he's studying Chad Stewart for his fake ID and why does he have to take everything so fucking seriously I I, this scene 
perfectly encapsulates this character like the rusty character as a whole he is so unbearably annoying so annoying stop doing the most so like what what no one is gonna ask you anything if they ask you personal questions guess what you can tell them about your life all you need to do is pretend that your name is chad stewart and you're 23 or whatever it is and you're this tall and you're a Capricorn yeah once again Rusty takes it too far shocker he gets himself all wound up if he put this energy towards anything else like maybe when he needed to cheat on that test (laughs) he could actually go far yeah he doesn't he wastes it on this I just this is a Rusty hate podcast yeah, he starts like he finds this blog post of Chad Stewart and it's like he's a singer songwriter. I literally wrote Dale is not impressed by Chad's song stressing because <laughs> he starts yeah. playing the song and it's terrible. Yeah, it's giving like youth group concert vibes. Well, yeah, and we all know that Dale is a musician with Darwin Lies. So oh my God, which kind of slapped. It did slap. So he knows yeah. good music. And of course, Rusty is like, Rusty is literally taking on the persona of jo- of Chad Stewart. Like he's like, oh, I think it's pretty good. Like you're not him. Yeah. Yeah, I could kind of see. So I had, for some reason, I got really distracted. And I just have to say this. So in Hannah Montana, her name is Miley Stewart. And I really think that Chad Stewart and Miley Stewart, the characters are related. Like, I think they're in the same universe. Oh my God. A long lost sibling of Miley. Like a cousin. Bobby Ray. Yeah, Bobby Ray. Bobby Ray, were you in Myrtle Beach in 2007? Tell us where you were. I mean, was Hannah Montana on at this exact time? I think it was. No. It was after. Not until like 2000 like nine or something maybe in montana no it didn't that would have meant we were in freshman year in high school okay i gotta look this up that definitely came out during middle school yeah you're right i remember watching it oh my gosh it is 2006 yeah i think that there is some connection here i'm on i feel like i'm on to something thomas you have all the conspiracies how come we've never seen chad stewart and bobby ray stewart in the same room and how how come he's been in hiding and you know what rusty does kind of look like jackson stewart oh my god he was like a full 35 (laughs) he was like (laughs) and played the most slapstick like (laughs) juvenile character yeah i remember being uncomfortable with his character like something didn't sit right I yeah. remember that too. I also felt like it was like my favorite fun fact, like for an entire year that like I knew his age. I know. Yeah. I think I brought it up a lot too. I remember talking about it a lot. Well, it's jarring to figure out. There's yeah. No Especially because Miley Cyrus was, I think like 11 when they filmed that pilot. Yeah. And he was a full on adult man. I mean, right. it gives us hope. Like if we want to play an older sibling on a Disney channel show, like there's we still have time. time. We have time. We've got nothing but time. I also, I have to say this because I actually laughed out loud during this scene when Rusty is trying on all of these outfits. He looks absurd, right? Like, first of all, Rusty has no in-between from like looking like he's 14, which he just does all the time, to looking like an old fisherman. Like he, yeah. there's literally no in between. He goes from like looking maybe 16 to looking 84 
with every outfit change. He's like trying on hats. He settles on that denim jacket. And um, Dale says lying about who you are signals a lack of self-esteem. Okay. <laughs> he read him. And then he says that Satan lives in Myrtle Beach. That's yeah. <laughs> Wait, but before that, he tries on a hideous vest. And he says, how old do I look? And he goes, 18. <laughs> I miss Dale. He wasn't in the past couple episodes. I know, and he's so funny. It's complicated with Dale because he's obviously a problematic character, but he is the only character that like actually calls Rusty out. Yeah. And he's a really good actor. Back to the uh, Saint Living in Myrtle Beach, though, I will say I think that's at least somewhat true. I laughed so hard when he said that. He has some accurate reads. Yeah. Wait, where is Myrtle Beach? I should probably know that. One of the Carolinas. Yeah. Okay. Is that close to Ohio? Not really, right? I don't think so. No. Like, why Myrtle Beach? I think it's just a spring break destination. Yeah, like my friend that went to University of Alabama, I think they might have gone there a couple of times. They also went like random places in Florida. I think when you're not surrounded by water, Mm -hmm. oceans, you go to random destinations. Casey walks into the Omega Kai house and she finds Evan and he's very pleased to see her, of course. She's there to tell him that she got a 140 on her practice test, which I mean, it's neither here nor there in my mind. As far as I'm concerned, that's perfect score. <laughs> I don't know anything about that. I thought maybe that rating. sounded like I thought maybe that sounded like it was good. It's pretty good. Yeah, because I remember in Legally Blonde, I think she gets a 175 and I think okay. that's pretty high. I mean that gets her into Harvard. Maybe this isn't so good then. Okay, a score of 160 <laughs> or above is typically considered a good LSAT score. Okay. So I mean, I don't know how hard it is to like move up your well, it was her first prep class and they didn't prep her for anything. They just yeah. made the test. How was that prep? Yeah, and she also kind of just decided she wanted to be like a lawyer. So we can't blame her for this. Yeah, if we have any lawyers listening, uh, definitely let us know about your LSAT experience. I was telling Aaron this the other week. I just feel like I could take it and like pat, like get a good score. I don't know. I don't. I have no reason to have that confidence at all. I just have this like deep knowledge within myself that if someone handed me an LSAT right now I would get an amazing score I did not do well on the SATs or ACTs but I just feel this in my bones I don't know what to say about it I believe you I think we should all just take the LSAT like let's just do it and like see what happens yes let's take it at a live show and make (laughs) everyone watch we get like perfect scores yeah I I get the I I don't even know what the perfect score is (laughs) 140 thank you exactly so she's there to ask him for help and he says of course I'm here for you um and then he ushers her upstairs very smooth chambers very smooth but I of course am rooting for them at this moment in time I am um, team Evan I don't know what to tell you guys I'm firmly in team Evan camp I'm sure it'll change but that's just how it is. He's hiding his feelings both better and worse. Like he's, it's clear that he likes her, but he's doing it in a more normal way instead of like, you know, light stalking and like obsession. It's mm-hmm. more just like, oh, I still really have feelings for you, but you don't have them for me kind of thing, which I can accept and think is sweet. Yeah. 
Yeah, something about him like holding a book too and like in the library, like it's really cute. <laughs> like you read? Yeah, you, do you read? Like what are you uh, reading right now, Evan? Oh my God, Evan, you can read. <laughs> uh, just like a guy who reads, you know? Thomas, maybe he can teach you how to read. <laughs> so Cappy is taking Ben Bennett, Rusty, and a pledge whose name I don't know to a random hotel bar to start using their IDs. Oh, Pickle. And- Pickle is his name. Pickle. Thank Pickle. you. <laughs> I would have never known that. Anyway, immediately Pickle is called out for not being like 25. I think his ID says he is. And the kid looks like he's 13. So he just gets an orange juice instead of he wants a vodka orange juice. But first of all, would that not be where she stops checking IDs <laughs> and just <laughs> right. <says> leave? <laughs> right. No, she goes down the line. And then Ben Bennett, I think he just gets so nervous. Like, I think she asks him like a single question and he just like freaks out and like says he's going to the bathroom and leaves. Mm-hmm. And then Pickle follows. And then she asks Rusty and she gets so excited when she sees his name is Chad Stewart. She's like, oh my God, you're Chad Stewart. And she freaks, she freaks out and she starts fangirling over him because she's his biggest fan. And apparently Chad Stewart's music like was very notable to her. She's naming all of his songs. She's so happy that he's there. She's like, I can't believe you came out of hiding. I'm your biggest fan. I always fantasize that you'd walk into my bar and Rusty's just so happy with himself over this. Like he's just, he's gl- glowing knowing that someone like recognized him. He's getting this attention from Trish, the bartender. It's not even that the fake ID worked. He like likes that he is this person. That's why he's excited. He's not even like, oh my God, I passed. And then he orders a Singapore sling. Because Chad Stewart spent a summer in Singapore. Yeah, because he's stalking this guy so much. Okay, wait, I gotta look up what's in this drink. Oh, I did. It's like it's like cherries, grenadine, like juice. It's a gin-based cocktail. This looks insane. I know. There's like 12 ingredients. Pineapple juice. Like if you ordered this from any bartender that didn't already have some kind of weird crush on you, they would kick you out of their bar. Even more reason that. He's being an ick. I know. I can't imagine ordering this at like a bar. Like, I feel like they would just look at you like, get the fuck yeah. out. And or imagine t- like you're with a guy and he orders this. <gasps> oh my God. Like Horrifying. on a first date, especially because they traveled to Singapore. Like that's so annoying. Well, if they ordered that, it would take like 20 minutes for it to arrive. There's like 300 ingredients in there. And most yeah. of it's like red dye number 40. It's like a Shirley Temple with gin. No, it's even more complicated than that. Like I haven't even heard of some of these ingredients. Pineapple. There's, there's every juice. Lime juice. I'm sorry. What's ang- Angostura bitters? Angostura bread bitters. Never heard of that. That's actually a common ingredient in drinks. Okay. Well. But still. Maybe we should have Singapore slings at our wrap party. I think we should. Them? That'd be kind of fun. We just make one and everybody takes a sip. We should yeah. do like a menu, like lemon drop, Singapore sling. Beer. And then if anyone orders a Singapore sling, like we just kind of laugh at them. Or we're like, no, we're not going to make that for you. It also has club soda chilled on top, an orange slice, another garnish of a cherry. 
this is crazy. Anyway, of course that's what Rusty orders. And he comes with an umbrella. He takes a sip of it and he doesn't like it, which I'm like, okay, you're lying. He would like this drink. Casey and Evan are now studying in his room and they're like sitting with their his bed to their backs in like a very flirtatious way. They're very close together. And she's just having a hard time with these LSAT logic problems. She's so We've never seen her this frustrated. I know. Wouldn't know what that's like since I'll automatically ace the LSAT as soon as I look at it. I'll know the answers. At our live show. (laughs) And so Evan is like loving that she's come to him for this. And he tells her to approach the problems like their Sunday morning Sudoku. And okay, but he would be a good tutor. He would be a good tutor. It was like he was very relaxing. Like I wouldn't feel stressed out if he was my tutor. I mean, I also wouldn't be focusing on what I was being tutored in, but I would feel very zen. He says to her, like, isn't it strange that we're studying for the LSATs? Like we always plan to be. And she's like, No, like, I'm just so glad we could do this as friends and you just like see his face like contort i know it's so heartbreaking like if you are curious definitely follow us on tiktok i did make a little video about it yeah can x's be friends tell us i know i I still don't know i know it was really sad kind of and then um back at the hotel bar rusty is just going on and on and on as chad like he won't shut up and cappy is bored to tears he's like bored out of his mind and has had like eight beers yeah and also he's listening to rusty go on and on about how this girl really likes him she doesn't even know your real name she literally thinks you're someone else it's really getting disgusting the bullshit level and i would say completely unethical just like Illegal drinking aside. (laughs) Do you not agree? I just, I'm laughing because like, this is truly a rusty hate podcast. And like, (laughs) sorry if we have rusty fans out there, but we've completely disregarded them at this point. We're just going all in. Oh my God. If you're a rusty fan, please, I'm being genuine. Write us in about why you are a rusty fan. I want a perspective. I do too. I I also want to know what you have to say because I feel like I've gone so far down the rabbit hole of like despising him at this point that I I I do need someone to bring me back down. Like we'll hear you out. It's getting aggressive. Um so then (laughs) then Trish like comes over and invites Chad, aka Rusty, to a quote thing this weekend. And he agrees he's like I'm there he thinks they're going on a date or like to a party together so then back in the LSAT prep class um this is a very short scene like the girl with the shaky leg is continuing to shake her leg and Casey like opens her test pamphlet or whatever her practice test and she keeps her cool and she's like Sunday morning Sudoku and she's remembering Evan's advice then we go to Dobbler's where there's some kind of musical live show going on, which I loved. I loved that. I looked up this woman who was like singing. Like I was so curious because like the music starts as Casey's like doing her test. And I guess this woman, her name is Marie, Marie Digby, I think. She was like most, she was really famous at this time for YouTube covers. Mm. Most famous for her cover of Umbrella by Rihanna. (gasps) Oh my God. I know she sounds really good. She sounds like Morel, Michelle Branch. 
I was, Brown yes, Lynch. that's who it was. I couldn't remember. Or like Vanessa Carlton. Like a yes. mix between the two. It was very of the time. Totally. Anyway, um, at Dobbler's, they kind of like zoom in on the table of Franny and Ashley and Casey. I guess Franny's fully back in, by the way. And they're yeah. celebrating Casey's 155 <laughs> on the LSAT. And she's right. so happy. And Ashley goes up to the bar and she orders a pitcher and she opens a tab with her credit card. <laughs> and Casey like already knows this is a bad idea, right? She's Ashley's best friend. She's just like watching kind of in like anticipation of like something terrible happening. She says like, I don't want my first case as a lawyer to be bailing you out of debtor's prison. <laughs> <laughs> I like laughed out loud when I heard that. Because <laughs> We all know it's true. Like, yeah. the girl loves to shop. I'm surprised that we haven't heard about her financial woes before. And, and it sounds like she just doesn't have a concept of credit. Like, it reminds me of when I was, I was like literally seven. And I think Delta sent me a, like a credit card, like a name. It was like, do you want to open up this credit card? And I told my parents I wanted to open it. And I was, I was in elementary school, like firmly in elementary school. And they were like, well, no, like, I don't think you get it. And I was like, why can't I have this? They want me to have this. And they were like, well, you understand that you have to pay that back. And I was like, forget it. Forget (laughs) it. Throw it out. (laughs) Uh, I really, I feel like I was afraid of credit cards. I feel like in a lot of media too, they were like looked at, it was always people using them irresponsibly. Confessions of the Shopaholic. Well, yes. I saw that one Lizzie McGuire episode where Gordo gets a credit card and then tries to make a movie. And that That's, scared me. Yeah. That, scared, that brought me back down to earth. I was like, I never want one of those. I mean, obviously I have changed my tune, but I, I firmly <laughs> was like, never. If that could yeah. happen to Gordo, it could happen to anyone. It's so hard at a bar too. Like, I feel like we all, I mean, maybe not all of us, but I feel like it's so hard when you like start drinking and you like, everyone feels like their daddy warbucks they're like i'll pay like put it on my tab and then the next day you're like oh my god like who bought the singapore slang who bought the margarita (laughs) (laughs) you know what i mean 10 lemon drop shots (laughs) yeah we've all had that point in the night where we're buying rounds of singapore slings for everyone at the bar oh my god if i had a for chad I had a penny for every time we did that, we could pay off Ashley's credit card bill. <laughs> we should go to a bar though, like, and actually all three order those drinks and just like see what happens because I feel like the <laughs> listeners will have to know. We're never allowed to go to that bar again. That's what happened. We'll just pick a random like bar in Times Square. Perfect. <laughs> Let's go to the Regency. <laughs> or the Yard House, me and Aaron's favorite local spot. Oh my God. Yes. We can get Gardein wings. Slings. That sounds really fun, actually. Yeah, um, that's a that's on the to-do list. <laughs> Evan walks into Dobbler's and Casey like gets up from the table and runs over to tell him about her score. She's so excited to see him. And Ashley is like saying to Franny, oh, I think they're going to be back together before spring break. And this freaks Franny out. Yeah. Like she goes, oh, like I never thought she, you really think she would take him back? Like she's, it's not, it's, it's definitely obvious that Franny is like concerned about them being back together and Ashley is not picking up on it at all. And she's being really sweet and supportive, of course. Like Ashley's such a good friend. She's yeah. like, you know, it's not what I would want for her, but if she's happy, then 
obviously I'm happy for her. It was really cute. The best. Oh, she's such a good friend. And then we see Evan and Casey and they're just having some serious banter. And he invites her to dinner to celebrate. And she goes, okay, I'll go, but it's my treat. And then the band, we zoom back in on the woman singing and her Vanessa Carlton whoever else you mentioned voice and it's very nice it's it's suspicious for sure like evan's kind of showing his cards yeah but i'm not mad about it like if he's going about trying to get back together with her this way that's fine the stopping any man from talking about talking to her is what's jarring and worrisome it is worrisome. <laughs> yeah, is I am <laughs> on an island here. <laughs> um, so, oh my God, this, I mean, the rusty ship. Uh, uh, can we skip over his storyline this episode? So basically, he's back at the KT house and he is regaling the pledges with his story of being Chad Stewart and how he got Trish, the bartender, to ask him out and how, like, he's so great and oh my gosh. And he looked up all this stuff about Chad and now he has a date and yada, yada, yada. And Cappy comes in, and Cappy's annoyed with him, which is, thank you, finally. Because the pledges are impressed and jealous. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like one of the first time Ben Bennett is really like, okay, Rusty Slay. He has Ben Bennett eating out of the palm of his hand. Frank Franklin, as some know him. And <laughs> Cappy comes in, and he's like, why aren't you guys organizing Beaver's adult video collection? Okay interesting he clears Um, the room immediately like they're kind of scared of him yeah i liked that i I like that i have to say oh so now you're you're allowed to be a boy that everybody is scared of but you're not allowed to pay off you're not allowed to pay off people to not talk to somebody you're not allowed to lightly stalk your ex-girlfriend here's the line jacqueline (laughs) (laughs) the line is at stalking (laughs) anything for copy um (laughs) So Cappy thinks that Rusty is like in way over his head and that he absolutely should not be going to this thing that Trish invited him to. And he is correct. And like, where does he think this is going to go? The woman doesn't know your name. She's so many years older than you. And she thinks that you're 21 and you're far from it. Like, what what are you doing? It's absurd. And so this is when Rusty starts mouthing off to Cappy. Yeah. This This is crazy. He goes... Well, you've been tied down with the same girl all semester. I've been handling myself with different ladies. I'm sorry. Tina? Let's, let's recap here. These are the different ladies that Rusty has been handling himself with this semester or this year. Jen K, who almost got his frat banned. Um, Tina, who gave him crabs. Oh, and we can't forget Tina's roommate, who was so terrified of Rusty, she had to basically avoid him and felt like he was stalking her. Um, but also you're forgetting when he thought that his friend Jeremy was Jen K. <laughs> oh my God. Wait, yeah, how has he been handling himself? He went into a full-on spiral over Jen K and tried to get back together with her and then freaked out about her clip. This guy has no control over himself. But also this could be chalked up to... Um, 
the same delusional part of his brain where he says KT is in the top two frats on Syracuse campus. I think himself well, he's in a top two frat. All of these are real in Rusty World, and to the objective eye, are completely off base. He has narcissistic personality disorder. (laughs) I mean, some might say. Doc, diagnose him. I'm he's delused. That's all. That's all I can say for certain. So then Ashley and Calvin, well, Ashley has just gone on a shopping spree and she's sitting at a table on campus, like kind of looking over all of her purchases. And she's so upset that the thrift store where she wanted to buy a wrap for her, like a cover up, I'm guessing, didn't take credit cards. And Calvin is very concerned about Ashley's growing debt as a good friend would be as most of her friends are and he's like do I need to do a credit card intervention the answer is yes Calvin you do mm-hmm. and she then decides okay Calvin you said you needed a flash card well the campus store takes credit cards so I'll buy you your flash card there and then you can give me the amount in cash so that I can go buy the wrap she's she's going down a slippery slippery slope it started to get really stressful here yeah for me this spot I think it was stressful for Calvin too he was he didn't look like he was having fun so then Rusty runs into Casey just to like chastise her he just sees her on campus and just starts kind of you know ripping her apart for no reason about law school I don't really even know where it was coming from it was so rude he says oh you were serious about law school I guess it just comes from he's right, she's wrong. I don't even know. Whatever. So then she accidentally makes, like, lets it slip that she's going to dinner with Evan. And he starts to go off on her about that. He is going to a party with someone who doesn't know his real name. God forbid she go to dinner with her ex-boyfriend. He says, did anyone ever tell you you're the world's biggest flip-flopper? Go away, Rusty. That's like the meanest thing you could say to someone. Like that's just like what a shitty thing to say to someone. Like she's not, she's not the world's biggest flip flopper. She's just in college trying to figure out what she wants to do and who she wants to date. Yeah, it's so rude, especially yeah, considering that he's pretending to be somebody completely different. Which I will say, you know, it's very clear that um Instagram wasn't a thing now because Trish definitely would have been all over Chad Stewart's Instagram and she would have known what he looked like right she only had those grainy blog post pictures to go off of he's probably wearing like some sort of um page boy cap that covers part of his face and it's hard to tell right yeah, I don't know. And like, you want to talk about flip-flopping Rusty? How about when you dumped Jen K and then you went back and tried to get her back again? Hmm? Yeah, what about that, Rusty? Those are yeah. their <laughs> Yeah, Rusty. How about that? We don't forget. Your <laughs> <laughs> ABCs of Greek. Unless it's about an important plot point. Then we do. <laughs> Unless it's like the name of a character that keeps showing up. <laughs> Anyway, that was a very short scene, but it filled me with rage. Um, oh, he also says he's, he calls Evan sneaky and manipulative and you cannot trust him again. Okay, what are you doing? But goodbye. I don't think he's as malicious as he's implying. implying. Like, yeah, he's a little manipulative, I guess, with like some of these things that he's been doing. But first of all, Rusty doesn't know that he's been doing that. And second of all, Rusty is manipulating somebody. And I would say it has more malicious intent 
than right. Evan taking some of Evan's manipulation seems to be subconscious yeah it's like in his blood yeah Rusty fully knows what he's doing anyway so Casey and Evan go to dinner and it's like this barbecue joint it looks really fun and he's like I have something for you and he gives her like an envelope with a Harvard course catalog in it and he tells her that his dad's friend is the dean of admissions at Harvard and he's in town at CRU and that he got Casey a meeting with the dean. And Casey is like taken aback. She's kind of like, is this crossing the line? She's trying to draw boundaries. I think like she assumes that he did this for her and he, she's kind of freaked out by it. But then he assures her, he's like, two of my Omega Chi brothers are also meeting with him. Like, I know that we're just friends. And at this point, I believe that Evan wants to believe that that's true. Also... I don't know. I I don't think he thinks that's true, but he uh, wants to believe that. It's yeah, true. wants to believe, but I think he knows it's not. But she also says Harvard Law, where you're going. I'm sorry, is that how law school works? Why would he already know that? Because his friend, his dad's friend, is the dean of admissions. Oh yeah, you're right. <laughs> yeah, I'm just saying. Like, um, maybe he's gonna pull a Chad Michael Murray and Cinderella story and go to Princeton instead. Does Princeton have a law school? I don't know. I was going to say, I wonder if Ryan Prince wants to go to Princeton. Oh my God. I bet he does. I bet he's going to like try and make out with the Princeton's admissions officer. And then they're going to be so turned off by him sucking their chin. (laughs) He's going to have to go to Harvard because of it. Oh my God. Ew. All he has left is Harvard. We'll always have Harvard. Harvard is such a theme in like all these shows too. Like not to bring it back to Ice Princess, but it, we're about to come up on a scene that's like very Ice Princess vibes. I thought you were going to say not to bring it back to Gilmore Girls where it was Harvard propaganda for the first two seasons. <laughs> that's true. And and Gilmore Girls. I really thought that Harvard was like one of the only schools that existed for a long time. And I knew I wasn't going to be going there. I just was like, I guess that's just like one of the five schools you can go to. Yeah. Did you ever just like, I feel like even as a small child, I knew it's like, I was like, there's no way in hell I would ever get into Harvard. Oh yeah. <laughs> I never, I never was one of those kids that was like, it's Harvard or Stanford for me. And like, I was very much like, yeah, that's not happening. Well, Casey agrees to take the meeting at the end of this. And she's kind of like reluctant, but she, she agrees. And then she's studying the Harvard catalog as Ashley's primping to get ready to go to Dobbler's and preemptively talking about how she's going to open another tab. <laughs> like, who says that? She's like excited to do it. I don't think I've ever opened a tab. Like, I'm always like, close it out. And Casey's like reading the names of some of these classes and they sound horrible and she's not excited about them. And she's starting to twitch. She's getting the leg shake and Ashley is like, I call me when you calm down, basically. Like, she can't handle the high strung Casey. I'll be binge drinking at Dobbler's. Yeah. But I did love Ashley's outfit in the scene. This is the cherry one. Mm hmm. So it was very cute. cute. It was like sailor-esque with those big cherry earrings. Aww. Yeah. Um, and then, oh my God. Because we forgot to even say this earlier when we were hating on Rusty in that scene where he's yelling at Casey for every decision she's ever made. 
he's wearing his jean jacket in that scene and she says he looks like he's 12 yeah which he does (laughs) wait and then he asks dale if he looks like that and he says no you don't look 12 but it is kind of a feminine cut and i laughed out loud (laughs) that's exactly what just happened like he's back in their dorm room and dale is yeah dale says it's a bit of a feminine cut (laughs) and so he puts on another jacket and this jacket makes him look like he's a 70s serial killer it does it's like it really it dates him in a way but also he has his hair greased down and it's like side parted he truly looks like like what was that show with jonathan was it jonathan groff oh mind hunter mind hunter he's giving mind hunter He's and not so, the good guys. He's kind of going back to the stylistic days of when he was the ventriloquist dummy on um, Cappy's lap. Yeah, that hairstyle is making him look extra pale. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It doesn't work. And Dale says, where are you going? Another one of your debauched frat fests? <laughs> yeah, and he convinces Rusty to take him with him because he wants to go to a townie party. Yeah, he says he's sick of the juvenile conversation on campus. He needs some adult interaction. I love that. <laughs> yeah, and Rusty doesn't really debrief him on, like, the chat situation. So Dale's kind of going into this blindly. Yeah. I love a Rusty and Dale outing. I feel like we got so many at the beginning of the season. Yeah. And it just feels like old times. Yeah, it's yeah. nice to see them together off campus. So the next scene is at the convenience store. And this was also starting to get really stressful with Ashley's credit card. So she um, tries to buy a stick of gum with her credit card. And he tells her there's a $5 credit card limit. So she's like, okay, I'll just buy $5 worth of gum. And so she like, kind of like takes out all the gum and puts it on the counter. And then he runs her card and it's declined. And she's like, there's no way I... I could have reached my limit. And then she kind of like looks down to her bag, her shoes, everything um, that she's been spending. And then she asks him if he takes points. <laughs> it's so sad. Also, uh, like I could spend a thousand dollars so quickly. Oh my God. I don't, I mean, I guess like inflation, but she's not realizing a thousand dollars is one, not a high credit limit. And I could hit that in an hour. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is scary. Like, it, it is a lot of money, but it's also scary to think, like, how quickly that can go. So you know fast. I mean? yeah. yeah, that's a couple of bikinis for spring for Myrtle Beach. Yeah, and she is, she is definitely, you can tell she likes her labels. Mm-hmm. And then, oh my God, this scene, this scene is epic. So Rusty and Dale show up to the, quote, party. And we still don't really know what this party is because I'm pretty sure Trish just said, like, it's a party thing. Yeah. And um, when they arrive, uh, Rusty quickly tells Dale, he's like, just want to let you know, like, call me Chad if, if anyone asks. And Dale's very confused. And annoyed. <laughs> um, yeah, and annoyed. He's kind of like, like, you know, Dale doesn't want to lie. He's a man of God. And Trish answers the door. They're kind of like in, do they, they're, they're in the backyard at this point. Like, yeah, she walks him back into the backyard. She's wearing a gown when she answers the door. <laughs> yeah. She Mind like a, you. She has a gown and like a full updo. And it's like very clear that Rusty and Dale are underdressed for whatever this event is. 
And then she's like, I'm so sorry. Like I wasn't being completely honest about like what this party was. Um, and then when they get to the backyard, they realize that it's a wedding and Trish lets Rusty know that it's for her sister who is an even bigger fan of Chad and that their father died, but because her father can't walk her down the aisle, she's like, who better to do it than like the voice of Chad Stewart. <laughs> yeah, she likes one of his songs specifically that I'm not remembering the name of, but she Yeah, it has like it. some ridiculous name. She hands yeah. him a guitar. Hunter's Heart. Hunter's <laughs> Heart is Hunter's Heart is what it's called for sure. And Dale is living for this. He is reveling in this completely backfired plan and is just like eating it up. <laughs> Yeah, so Rusty actually takes the guitar and goes to the mic. Like, how he, is he not running? I yeah, he had an opportunity here to just back out and run, and he he actually goes up to the mic while this poor sister Jill is about to walk down the aisle at her wedding. I think in his head, he really thought that maybe if he tried to sing, it would come out of his mouth. He, he is a narcissist. He's a delusional narcissist. He thought he would like be able to just sing and it would sound good. And I mean, to be fair to Rusty, it doesn't, it's not that it sounds that bad. It's just clear that he doesn't know what he's doing. Right. Well, he doesn't even like, he, he can't play the guitar. He doesn't really know the song. <laughs> it's really bad. It's the reverb is bad. Yeah, and Jill, like, immediately is like, wait, what? And then um, Rusty <laughs> tells everybody on the mic, he's like, I have to be honest, like, I'm not Chad. And then something about that starts to stir some drama with Jill and her husband. Like, I can't remember exactly why he gets mad at her, but, like, they he get says into you're a- flaking. Yeah, because I think she starts to like back away and she gets like nervous or she's like, I don't know what to do. Yeah, and he's like, she brings up, um, what what is the, they went on vacation somewhere and she's like, don't make me mention Tahoe or something. I don't even know, but they start fighting and like, <laughs> this is Rusty and Dale's chance. Yeah, this, it's basically Rusty ruined this woman's wedding. I mean, granted, it was a really strange setup. Like, I'm sure even if the real Chad was there, he'd probably be a little caught off guard, but. Well, it sounds like the real Chad stopped playing music. Here's what my lie would be. I lost my voice tragically, and that is why I gave up music, and I cannot play for you tonight. That's a really good lie. Or I would just be like, can I just, like, walk her down the aisle instead? (laughs) That's <laughs> that's not as good of a lie. I just feel like, can I sing that one song from TikTok instead? I need water. <laughs> he tells me I'm all right. Um, anyway. The most depressing walk down the aisle ever. I want to walk down the aisle to that song. Oh my God. <laughs> um, if you don't know what I'm talking about, you just go to TikTok and you'll understand. Just um, log on to TikTok.com. <laughs> so the wedding ends. Rusty and Dale sneak out. Rusty leaves that scene just essentially ruining someone's life. What else is new? And he doesn't even care. He doesn't even care. The path of destruction in his wake. 
He just broke up a marriage. Yeah, he he just broke up a marriage and he's like more concerned about himself. And he needs to be stopped. He needs to be jailed. <laughs> I know. Get him off the streets. Honestly, seriously. And the next scene is at Dobbler's and um, Ashley's kind of like somber because of her, you know, decline. The fact that she kind of maxed out her limit. And Franny's like, you know, don't worry you know, it's easy to overdo the consumerism thing. She gets her a beer. And I guess this also too was 2008. So like the recession was coming. Or I guess like it was kind of there already. It was like we were- I think we were a few months away. Yeah. So that's when, so Franny spots Shane across the bar. And at this point, Franny knows that Evan paid Shane off. Wait, real quick. We need to acknowledge that he got a haircut. Thank you. God, I didn't oh, even recognize he him. He yeah, looks he looks good. He looked, yeah, because that, oh, that pin straight ironed hair was so bad. I know. It probably was so damaged that he like had to cut it. Yeah, buzzed. It yeah, looked he looks really good. Yeah, he looks amazing. But Franny spots him and she, she kind of starts planting seeds into Ashley's head. Like Ashley's had a drink or two and she's like ready to confront him. And Franny's kind of egging her on about like, you know, why did he break up with Casey? Did we ever find out? Well, yeah. And remember, we knew this was going to happen when Evan told Franny at the party last week that- Totally. Like, Insane move. What was he yeah. doing? I I love it. And she, I mean, I, I love that. Like, it's it's just, it's so smart of Franny. Like she, she is so conniving. I know. <laughs> There's no traces back to her. Like, this is a genius plan. It really is. Ashley's in drunk and she's drunk and in debt. So she's going to go for it. All bets and, are off. Yeah, all bets are off. So she like marches up to him and his like his friend then says like, oh, if you want to talk about guys treating girls badly, you should talk to Evan Chambers. Mm-hmm. Yes, because obviously at this point, Shane has told his friend probably about the sort of like how he paid him off. I don't think and I'd want to admit that. I know, right? That you did that. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder what he did with the money. Open a tab at Dobbler's. He probably <laughs> opened a tab. Yeah. And then maybe you went and bought that wrap at the thrift store <laughs> with the cash. Paid off his credit plus debt. And then Shane tells. Ashley what happened that like Evan paid him off and Franny's just like watching in the background like she's so pleased so the news gets around to Casey and Casey is super upset she shows up to Evan's room and immediately confronts him about it Evan is so good at gaslighting her in this scene he denies it at first right he doesn't deny it he just goes you're gonna believe him you're gonna believe Shane really over me he doesn't even deny it because she says you're not denying it and then he admits yeah. to it. At first, he he goes down the gaslighting route hard. He commits to it for like a minute. He's yeah, like, he's like, you're going to believe the guy that stood you up? Over the guy who cheated on you? Oh, God. Yeah, this scene is dark. It's it's really, I mean, I was getting gaslit too. I was like, oh my God, maybe Evan's right. He's so good at it. And so then Evan does admit that he does it and that he's still in love with her. Because she uh, says, why are you doing this? You dumped me. Like, you're doing this to be spiteful. Yeah. Because I love you. Yeah, it's it's twisted. And she's not having it. Yeah, and she says, like, this, how could you think this is how you would, like, be able to win me back? I said, thank you. Take that, Aaron and Thomas. 
<laughs> I mean, it's fair, I guess. It would have worked on me. I mean, Evan lost me a little bit with the paying people, the paying Shane off, but I was more into the like keep everyone away from Casey. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah but then she does pull the ultimate power move and she's like I feel sad for you and she's also sad because like she actually she was fooled like she really you could see her going along like she thought they were friends this whole time and that it was actually working mm-hmm. yeah and she says they need to stop hurting each other yeah they really do it was so heartbreaking and then he gets so upset he's like are you saying you pity me yeah, yeah. He's like, you think I'm pathetic. Yeah. I mean, kind of. Yeah. And you know what it was giving? Um, it was giving freshman year Evan being kind of bullied by uh, right. Egyptian Joe. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It is we saw the flashes of like insecurity and like feeling uncomfortable. And it was really, it was kind of upsetting. This is Evan's weak spot. He doesn't like to be told that he's wrong. Mm-hmm. And you can tell he wasn't told that often growing up. So Ashley's now calling the credit card company desperately. Like she's trying to figure out like how to get around this in some way. She like really wants to buy Casey a pick me up present. Cause you know, Casey's really bummed about the whole like Evan news. <laughs> and Calvin, the voice of reason is just like, no, just like return everything. Like that's how you get the money back. But then- <laughs> Their credit card company decides to up her limit. So she's like super excited. She's like, wait, now I have more money to spend. Yeah, she's thrilled. Also, the hold music was a techno version of Ode to Joy, which is just so perfect because it's always the most inappropriate song that you're on hold for. Um, oh my God. Yeah, I I feel like I have the Walgreens uh, hold music just like memorized in my head. Oh yeah, I have the CVS one. The other day it was... Um, somebody that I used to know on um at Satori (laughs) it was just on a loop that specific song there was no changing up of it and I was like okay sure (laughs) good song though and then Franny goes to Casey and she's like you know don't ruin this meeting this big meeting um all because of Evan which is just so ironic because she caused all of this like she this could have all been avoided and Casey she's going into this really like intense meeting with honestly a really like you know prestigious school and she's completely emotionally thrown off Franny does have a point like she she should focus on this yeah even though Casey says it's Evan tainted (laughs) yeah he ruined Harvard but we're kind of like in the meeting. It's going well. She's like dressed very business profesh. And then we start to see kind of these glimpses of Casey. Like she doesn't, he asks her why she wants to be a lawyer. And she really doesn't know how to answer that because I don't even think she knows why she wants to be a lawyer other than to like maybe prove something to her parents. Mm-hmm. Right. And it just kind of, the scene just stops with her, like not having answered the question yet. Yeah. And I mean, going to law school sounds really hard. So I feel like if your parents want you to do it, it's like definitely not. Or just because you think that like you should, or you should have a plan. Yeah. And I'm sure she's not alone. I'm sure other people have ended up in this situation. A random fact, do you guys know, do you remember Phil of the Future? So the actress who played Pim Diffie is in law school. I think she actually, I forget which law school she goes to, but I remember watching an interview with her. I don't remember. I think they did a reunion during quarantine. And 
she was like, they're like, oh my God, like you're in law school. And she's like, yeah, it's really hard. <laughs> I'm not saying she's one of those people that shouldn't have gone. She probably wanted to go, but I'm just like law school, fun fact. Him diff. Huh. Was that his sister? I don't remember. Yeah. She was the younger sister. Um, I think her name was Amy Brockner or something. Oh God, do you know a lot of Phil of the Future facts? I really watched the reunion. Watch the reunion. I mean, I was a huge Ali and AJ fan too. Like really just everything Phil of the Future I loved. I feel like I'm seeing them in concert in September. Oh my God, where? At um, MSG. They're opening for Ben Platt. Oh my God. Wait, I think you invited me to that like two years ago. I did. It got rescheduled. <laughs> At Dale and Rusty's room, Casey knocks on the door. And then this is where we also get a little bit of like a flashback to how Dale is still obsessed with Casey. And he's trying to play it cool by calling her Chelsea. Yeah. He shoots out of his bed and says, sorry, I mean, Casey, Chelsea was my ex-girlfriend that I had. <laughs> <laughs> okay Dale and winks at Rusty (laughs) and then he says that he's gonna go to the gym even though he's in a matching pajama set yeah he says they don't look sweat proof but she goes to Rusty I mean why she asked for Rusty for advice in this moment I still don't quite understand but she's like you know you know what you've wanted forever so like I think that's kind of maybe her motive is Mm -hmm. she thinks that he's really sure of himself so like she's thinking like he'll be a good person to to voice this to but she basically like opens up and admits that law school was more of just kind of like this thing that Evan wanted to do and she kind of was like trying to follow this plan it really wasn't what she ever really personally wanted and (laughs) once you know Rusty says that he's also learned that living someone else's life is just not really the best plan because he really did do that this episode yeah he said it's never a good idea okay yeah and Casey says she realizes that she doesn't want to be a lawyer which is actually like I could I I can relate to that I think like it's really clarifying to like sometimes you don't know exactly what you want to do but you can kind of rule some things out you're like I don't want to be like a doctor Mm -hmm. right (laughs) and you're like happy you figured that out because like in order to have made that decision like you would have had to like really pursue it you know I don't want to be a polymer scientist (laughs) oh my god definitely not I want to be a podcaster I want to be a CEO of Chambers International actually I want to be wife to the CEO of Chambers International yeah I mean it could happen I yeah so uh Casey goes back to ZBZ to eat a pan of cookies which is so sweet like honestly personally I'm craving a cookie now and Rusty back. joins. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Rusty joins her. And then he like the last moment of the episode, I think he just takes the jean jacket off. She's like, you want this? And he's like, no. Like he's yeah. Symbolism. Sure. He finally sheds Chad, Chad's persona. He's finally clean Taylor Swift. I love a cute little sit ending. Mm-hmm. I love I it. Too. It ties it up in a bow nicely. I know. I want to be in that ZBZ house with them, just like eating a pan of cookies. No, would love. My winner's Casey for yeah, me too. kind of finding herself in a way. I know, and I also like. I liked that she held her ground with Evan. She called him out in a really like 
strong but still empathetic way but she was like this just isn't healthy for us and I thought that was really good mm-hmm. Love. I thought she did really well this episode yeah I think Casey was definitely my winner I really don't know if I have any other winners to be honest like I really I always think that Ashley is such a good friend to Casey but it's hard to say she's a winner in this app due to her credit card habits she could even be a loser perhaps yeah she's eligible she's in the running yeah, I do say, I would say that a close runner up for a winner would actually be Franny. I know it's like maybe unpopular opinion, but she was smart. The way she went about that was right. like, she if was like talking, a master. If we're talking sneaky level, like, yeah, she's, she was the puppeteer of this episode for sure. Yeah. I was going to say my runner up could be Calvin for continuously warning Ashley not to <laughs> overspend on her credit card. Yeah. yeah. Like, Calvin seems like financially solvent. Like he has like a good head on his shoulders around his finances. Well, we know he doesn't have student loan debt. He does not. As long as he is a an Omega Chi, right? Right. Or as long as he plays field hockey. Or there was some sort of weird requirement. It's as long as he's an Omega Chi. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> um, loser. Somebody say it. Evan for the oh. gaslighting. Oh, I always say Rusty. I know I do too. It's Evan for the gaslighting for me. Yeah, no, his behavior, he like needed to be kind of shaken awake. He wasn't being chill at all. Yeah, I I mean, I have to say Rusty, like I just think- Someone needed to. He broke up a marriage. <laughs> well, they weren't married yet. He broke up an almost marriage. An engagement. He broke up a wedding. He, he's just so unlikable. Yeah. And the fact that it's like, how long was he going to go on with that lie? I mean, if he didn't get caught in that moment, he probably would have continued to go on with it until it, he probably then would end up breaking Trisha's heart. I, <laughs> I would not think that Trish would be that. Well, I guess if she thought he was Chad. Yeah, maybe. I mean, Trish seems like pretty out of it, (laughs) out of touch. The way that he talked to Cappy was so disrespectful, like about how Cappy's been tied down this whole semester with Rebecca. Like, who do you think you are? Respect your elders. I know. It's like that uncomfortable feeling where you like see someone like telling off their parent and it's like just really uncomfortable. I hate that feeling. I know. It's like watching your friend fight with their parent at the dinner table. I hate that feeling. You want to be like invisible. Yeah, you want to just like crawl in a hole. (laughs) Or like watching like somebody just like rip their boyfriend a new one and you're like, oh my God. (laughs) Right. Yeah. And they're just like, they all of a sudden like you disappear to them. Like they like start acting like you're not there and you're like, yeah, I'm here. But yeah, I mean, who else could even it be besides Rusty and Evan? I, mean, I guess Franny could go for winner or loser because she's just so maniacal. Next week, we got the season finale and then join us for a special surprise the week after. Very special surprise, guys. We're not even bluffing. No, we're yeah, not bluffing. This is a very exciting surprise. Get ready. I'm as serious as when Casey straightens her hair. Oh my God. Yeah. Jacqueline's hair is so straight right now. (laughs) She means business. But thank you for joining joining us us on this fun run. Memory lane. Love you. (laughs) Wow. Love you so much. (laughs) 